Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Dreamers. After writing to Gary to inform him about his father's passing, the boys head on toward his soldier's crest. However, on the way, they reach the town of Smolton and find it ablaze with an abomination murdering swathes of reclaimers and innocent townspeople. They save a mother, Maria, and her son, Billy, with a B, and decide to bring them along in the meantime. After a few chats and several very intense staring contests, the boys continue on toward his soldier's crest. I do declare your honor is back in session. Eventually, you arrive at Isolde's Crest. The Iron Caravan comes to a stop on this rickety old road. As Monique gets down and opens the door, she says, Well, we're here. And you look out the door and you see to the left of it is a large metal gate that has been chained up and locked. It guards a bricked walkway up a steep hill through a forest of leafless trees. In the distance... Backlit by the rising moon, you see the silhouette of a large, three-pronged, twisting castle. Very well. Maria and Billy, I believe you should stay here. Probably with Monique. Yeah, yeah. I want to go on an adventure. No, you cannot go on an adventure, Billy. Too young. Mm, That's what my daddy says. And there's just going to be a lot of confusion with your name being Billy and their name being Millie, so... I mean, Lightning strikes, shit. and you see the electricity reverberate through the magic. Uh, well, I I think I need to be there for this. This this is my mission. Okay, then, Uncle, you stay with the carriage. Well, I, I'm, I'm avenging my sister. I can't not be there. Okay, I'm avenging my mother. So. Okay, well then, we'll both be there to avenge the same person. We can't leave Billy and Maria here. We're the Avengers. No, we're not the Avengers. That's copyright. What? What? What's copyright? 
It sounds like something we could make a lot of money off of. You're <laughs> absolutely correct. Hmm. We'll talk more after the mission. Very well. Billy, Maria, you'll be fine, won't you? Maybe we put a stick in the door, you know, like bar bar it so that no one can get in. I, I don't know. Maria, how comfortable are you with that? Um, not terribly, but I, I wouldn't want to keep you all from anything you were doing. You've, you've done so much for us already. Oh, Richard, just stay. I, it, that's fine. That's fine. Don't be a little you know I'm what. not staying. I'm avenging my sister. I've spent the last decade and a half working up to this moment. All right. All right. Uh, shit. They'll be fine, Thomas. Monique, you want to stay? Uh, sorry, this is like literally my whole gig. Okay, uh, here we go. We're going to just shove a stick in the door and and hope nothing happens. Yeah, you put like a stick through like the locking mechanism of the door, even though you realize in hindsight that you're technically just locking them in. <laughs> but sure enough, yeah, it's, it's there. It's locked. And if, uh, I don't know, if like a dumb creature tries to get in, it probably won't be able to. And Billy puts his hand to the window, and he starts waving. <laughs> Hi. See ya, Billy. All right. Billy's waving through a window. Uh, Billy suddenly looks like he's ancient, like he's 50 years old uh, with a really bad wig. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Monique says, well, first things first, uh, this gate has a lock on it, so what about that? Hop the fence. We could definitely do that. I'm pretty dexterous. All right, over I go. I'm going to try hopping the fence. Okay, anyone trying to hop the fence, please give me an acrobatics check. Can I just pick the lock? 14. Uh, You can definitely try to pick the lock. All right, so that is 17. Okay, so here's what happens. Uh, Monique runs up first. She scrambles up and over the fence with ease. Thomas, you follow, and it's relatively doable for you. You have to focus, but you do it without problems. Then Richard runs up, and uh, he climbs part of the fence and, like, flops his top half over it, but then can't quite get his bottom half over, and he's just kind of dangling there awkwardly. The whole time that this is going on, Tyronicus is picking at the lock down on the ground, and you just hear as the padlock opens, the chains fall, and Tyronicus opens the gate, and Richard being atop the gate itself, kind of swings open with it and then falls like headfirst onto his back. Oh. Mm. <clears throat> right. Anyway. <laughs> Onward. And uh, yeah, you get past the gate and you are staring at this steep hill that leads up to a castle. Up the hill. Okay. What order are you guys going in? I'll go first. I will go second. I guess I'll go last. I guess I'll go third. Thomas, roll a dexterity saving throw for me. Uh-oh. 17. Not bad. You step in a pile of leaves and you hear like a little metal like lock go off. Oh. And you quickly withdraw your skeletal foot and you feel a bear trap just barely close around it. It scrapes against your bones as you manage to pull them out. <laughs> and Richard, who was about to step where your foot was, being directly behind you, looks up and goes, mm. <clears throat> Yes. Um, best be careful. Anyone got a stick? Uh, Richard bends down to grab a stick. <laughs> oh no. This is a joke, but he rolled a uh, critical failure, so I gotta do something. Oh no. <laughs> He bends down to grab a stick, and he grabs it, and as he pulls it up, it seems to trigger a bear trap that it was right atop, uh, and it clamps down around two of his fingers. 
Oh, they're gone. Those fingers are gone. His hand is stuck in the bear trap. It looks like it's in a place where it's probably salvageable if you can get the bear trap open, but he does take three points of damage. Okay, let me try to open that for you. Oh, 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 God. Okay, okay. Yes, assistant, this is a an example of, of how to aid your superior in the field. Assisted? I'm gonna let go of the bear trap. <clears throat> oh, no, 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 okay. All right, Thomas, please, Thomas, I'm your uncle. Thomas, Thomas, please. Thomas, we're blood, we're blood, we're flesh right. and who's, blood. And who's flesh the and assistant so around here? Okay, um, uh, Tyronicus is. Aha, uh-huh, and? Um, Monique! Uh-huh. And? Tyronicus, please don't humiliate me. I'm not humiliating you. That's yeah, nothing. I'm humiliating oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mix your names up. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he, Thomas, please don't humiliate me like this. Thomas, just, just let him go. This bear trap. No. What did, What do you regret for doing years ago? I'm sorry I left you, okay? I was, I, I was stricken by grief. It may not have been the wisest decision, but it was a difficult one. I'm sorry. That's what I thought. Now, before I release you, who uh, is the assistant? Monique. Ah. <laughs> Try again. Okay, okay, I'll tell you this. We're equal partners. Phelps and Edgeworth Co. And, and, par- and, and assistants. We'll, we'll workshop the name in a second. As long as Phelps is first, and I open the bear trap. Uh, fine. Yeah, roll a strength check. Okay, 16. Yeah, you open the bear trap and release his fingers. And he goes, oh, oh, and he immediately starts putting pressure on it. He pulls like a little handkerchief out of his suit and wraps his fingers in it. And you see it very quickly soak up with blood. And he says, okay, all right. <sighs> up the hill. You got that stick still? Yes, here it is. I went through great personal lengths to get it. Oh no, that you you keep that. You, you're taking points, and he pushes his uncle forward a little bit. A great honor. You continue your way up the steps, and Richard is going to search for traps. He activates another bear trap. With the stick, with the stick. About four inches of the stick come off in the bear trap. He finds another one. Uh, he finds two, actually. So he's now down to about half a stick. And he's kind of like bent over, prodding at the ground. And he f- he does manage to find the last one. He got very good rolls. Uh, I think he's paranoid after uh, getting his fingers stuck in one. And uh, you make your way up the rickety path. Eventually, you pull up to the entrance of an actually relatively small castle. It's still big. But as far as castles go, you've seen bigger. An owl hoots in the distance, and the grounds are shrouded in an ominous fog. Richard balls up his fists, and you see a little bit of that shadow twirl around his hand, that magical energy. And he says, This may be it. This could very well be the man who killed my sister. I never thought I'd get this close. Okay, well, we don't know that for sure, right? So let's just... Yes, uh, not to... I mean, you you very, you very could be right. But I, uh, not to party poop or anything, but... Remember, folks. You can keep your weapons at the ready. 
but we're here to get some answers. Right. So let's try and do that. Okay, here we go. I will remind you that if you are attempting to fight this man, we can't necessarily win. Well, you do have that phylactery, don't you? That I do. So, excellent bargaining chip. Fair. Keep in mind, though, liches are still traditionally incredibly powerful. So, uh, if we can somehow manage to get out of here without a fight, that'd be ideal. I agree. And hell, if he is responsible for crimes, I'd love to see him brought to actual justice. It's okay. I'm insanely charismatic. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, uh, you walk up to the entrance of the castle, and the entrance is a large metal door with a comically large keyhole in it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm holding it in. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I did not set that up as bait, but I, I immediately realized where your mind went. <laughs> okay, it's not that comically large. It's more like a, like a key to the city size hole. Okay. Uh... Is there a knocker? Roll an investigation check for me. 15. You actually see there is a key in the keyhole. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's turn that key. Okay. You grab the key and roll a constitution saving throw for me. Oh, jeez. Four. Okay. You take three points of poison damage. Nice. And Thomas, the minute you grab the key, you feel your arm bones tense up and sees, and then the rest of your body ceases, and you are paralyzed as you fall to the ground. Ah. Like full rigor mortis. And your uncle looks over at you, and he goes, oh no, Thomas, Thomas, no, 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 and he starts slapping your face, and he goes, my family. (laughs) My family. Can I talk while paralyzed? My family. You hear a little mumbling come out of Thomas, and he goes, oh, and as a minute passes you get more and more of your motion back and after a minute you uh you are fully mobile and he goes and that is my audition for the play right okay i'm gonna try turning the key again okay roll a constitution saving throw (laughs) i'm gonna cast mage hand to turn this key in one second. 19. Okay, you turn the key. You feel a little bit of that poison seep into the bone, but you manage to resist it, and you push through the pain and turn the key. Yes. The door scrapes open, and you see a small passageway. It's a rounded door. So as the door scrapes open, you see a small passageway in the rounded shape of the door. The walls, and for that matter, the rounded ceiling, of the foyer are full of small carvings and statuettes making a really beautiful all-encompassing mosaic ahead of you lies another door we will go through it i'm gonna investigate the mosaic okay roll an investigation check for me wow this is uh this is pretty elaborate huh quite because uh, i rolled a five <laughs> Okay, it's really pretty. You see all manner of statues. They're kind of like gargoyles, but like really small, like mini gargoyles. And you see all manner of different depictions in the walls. You see a couple of gargoyles in combat. You see some of them, uh, what appears to be partying, they're dancing. Uh, You see one gargoyle doing a keg stand and just all, there's so many different scenes here because they're very small and they encompass this entire little hallway. Nice. Something tells me these gargoyles are important. But I can't imagine why. 
That one's doing a keg stand. That seems pretty important. Onward, next door. Uh, you go up to the door and you see another keyhole. I turn the key, if there is one. There's no key in it. I'm going to go back to the first door, take out the key, and put it in that one. <laughs> Roll a constitution saving throw. <laughs> okay. 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you grab the key and you are resisting it. Roll another constitution saving throw as you cross the hallway with it. Oh, 14? Okay, you just barely pass. Uh, roll a uh, third constitution saving throw as you put it into the hole. Oh, ten. Okay, you take four points of damage as, again, uh, right as you put it in the keyhole, you fall paralyzed. <laughs> and uh, Richard immediately bends over and he goes, No! My nephew! My nephew! I've abandoned my nephew! <laughs> oh, wait, he's fine. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's my audition for the musical. <clears throat> Big fat. How heavy is this key? Uh, it does not look very... I mean, it looks, like, heavy for its size, but it's, like, easily carryable. Anyone else want to give it a go? Yeah, I'm just going to carry it with Mage Hand. Okay. <laughs> you don't, I don't think you need to roll anything for that. You use Mage no, Hand. Let's go. And you turn the key, and the door opens. As it opens, the door slides and you see this long hallway, like an entranceway. There are lots of paintings up on the walls. There is a nice, big, beautiful rug laid out before you. And then at the end of the hallway ahead of you, you see a decorative uh, suit of armor there. And then the hallway seems to have curtains that lead to the left and the right that seem to go into different areas of the house. Good work, Tyronicus. I'm promoting you to senior assistant. You can't do that. Of uh, Phelps and Edgeworth Law Associates. I'm his boss. You can't do that. Well, we are both his boss, are we not? I demote him. All right. Shame on you, Tyronicus. Neither one of you is paying me. I work for neither of you guys. If anything, it's Tyronicus and Co. Because I'm the only one here that won a case. That's not true. I've won multiple cases. You can't prove it. Ha! As have I. Not against me. You haven't. <laughs> Oh, well, that, I, it's true. Facts are facts. I can't. Where are we going? Left. Well, I mean, I did settle one. <clears throat> she realizes she has hit a nerve and goes, yes, uh, left. I also vote left. Left it is. All right. I shall vote left. That unanimous vote makes me a little uncomfy. All right. And uh, you head on and you walk left. Halfway there. What? This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. Again. I hate this shitty razor. And I don't even want to think about what it did to my. If only I had a loving father figure to help me navigate the rough terrain of personal grooming. A tough but kind goblin daddy, well versed in the art of manscaping. We zoom in to the exterior of the Mogbile home. In Greenbarrow. It is the first night Tony has come home with you after you rescued him from the Cyclops at the courthouse. 
He is hitched up outside. His mane is shaggy and unkempt. He has some patches of fur that are thicker than others. He is covered in dirt from the day's events. But he looks happy and is settling in for rest. Gary, what do you do? Gary comes through the front door back outside with uh, some cleaning supplies. And he's like, all right. All right, bud. Let's uh, come around the back here, buddy. Come on. And he's going to unhitch Tony the Pony and bring him to, like, the backyard of his house. Tony the Pony looks over to Megan the Stallion and goes, and Megan goes, and then kind of, like, walks away but is looking back over her shoulder at Tony. She, she doesn't seem very interested, though. And Tony kind of looks down at the ground, sadly. Oh, don't sweat it, pal. Oh, we're going to make her regret that. You, you'll see. He's going to uh, start filling up a basin with water. We cute the makeover montage where he starts scrubbing Tony down, combing him, and all the filth and dirt and ticks. A pizza fall out of Tony's fur and into the basin. (laughs) A whole ass pizza in the box and everything. A bunch of random stuff's just falling out. The autopsy report from the case earlier falls out. We want to make you look like a distinguished equestrian. He like lifts one hoof up to his chest. That's when Gary pulls out the box. Ye old manscaped. And... uh, (laughs) Let me tell you a little secret about lady horses, Tony. You see, mm. it's all nice to be a rugged, rogue, rough man, but uh, they also want to see the gentle pony. <laughs> and that's where this comes in. And he reaches inside and he pulls out the lawnmower 4.0. And he starts shaving down Tony. He shaves his fur. He goes into him he shaves his fur into the shape of a tuxedo my goodness yeah you see he has like this big bushel of chest hair that you kind of trim down with uh luckily the lawnmower 4.0 has a built-in light uh, so it illuminates everything and it has a really uh, nice precision cut you have a number of different heads that you're kind of swapping between to get different lengths and you layer in the look it kind of looks like the ruffles that you wear with a fancy tuxedo yeah you do that to tony and he kind of stands a little taller as he kind of begins to trot around <laughs> and he looks to megan the stallion and he kind of puts one hoof elbow on the fence and raises a horsey eye ruggles and she looks over and goes Bleh. and she looks a little more intrigued but she's still not quite there and tony comes trotting back uh, a little more dejected again we're not done yet anthony gary's gonna with different sizes of the razors trim down tony's legs so that it looks more muscular with the fur <laughs> He's gonna like shape the muscles. I mean, shape the fur into muscles. <laughs> He's like, all right, there we go. And, and, and Tony looks uh, a little more buff and athletic. Okay. And uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, I could probably. Uh, Gary goes back into the into the box and he pulls out the weed whacker. And he's like, all right. And he, and he sees uh, when Tony smiles, the little nose hairs coming out of his nose also curl up. And he's like, we got to get these suckers right here. So he shoves it into <laughs> Tony's nose and starts pulling out those weeds. You shove it in there and there are a lot of weeds in Tony's nose. As you run the weed whacker out at first, Tony's going, 
And then he kind of starts to enjoy it as like the, the vibrations tickle him a little bit. He goes, <laughs> and then you go back in the other one. There is a lot to cut through, but the weed whacker gets through it. Uh, Gary lifts one ear and he's like, hello. And uh, the voice is like muffled. So yeah. he goes in there with the weed whacker. <laughs> And then he tries again, and he goes, Hello, 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 and does it echo? <laughs> uh, and you have one dapper-looking pony. And then Tony looks at you and goes, and kind of like nudges over his shoulder, indicating Meg being like, do you think I'm ready? Nuh-uh. Not so fast, pal. He pulls out a vial of crop preserver. Ball deodorant. Uh-huh. Uh, actually... You can do this one yourself. Uh, I'll just turn around. As you begin to leave, you see Tony kind of discreetly opens the vial and begins to freshen himself up. And as you step back in the house, you hear Elizabeth going, Gary! Oh, Gibbet! I can't find the ball deodorant. Do you know where it went? What do you need ball deodorant for? My breasticles, of course! Breasticles? Uh... Did we run out again, Gary? Uh, yeah, yeah, hold on. I got a code here somewhere. Code for what? We, we can't afford more ball deodorant. We just got some like a week ago. Look, it's 20% off with code DRIMBUS at manscaped.com. All right, there you go. I'll, 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 uh, I'll scrounge something up. Wow, 20% off. That's like a whole one-fifth, you know. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, we could, we could probably buy some, um... Some swamp rat for, for that much gold. Swamp rat? <laughs> I know how much you love swamp rat, Gary. I don't even... Your favorite. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that swamp rat loaf, dear. Oh, you got it, Gambit. Uh-huh. Mmm. Hello. Hello. Hello, and you hear her voice echoing through your ears as well. <laughs> All right, that's an end. Well, hot damn. Guess I shouldn't have been trimming with these trauma shears after all. I've had enough of these uneven trims. Goodbye, scruff. Goodbye, bleeding. No more carnage in my bathroom sink before work. Ugh. And I could definitely use some of that ball deodorant. <laughs> Just gotta head over to today's sponsor, manscaped.com, and use code DRIMBUS for 20% off and free shipping. So come on, you know you wanna look and feel your best. And you could definitely use some of that ball deodorant. You know whose balls don't stink? Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Victoria Madrid, Greta Benet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Connie Ryan DVD, NB Star, Stephen B. Keys, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dutrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodwall, Callie Wolf, Brendan M. Bishop, Bridge, Punky Goat, Twiglets, Joanna Westberger, Stan, Sitzman, Kia Green, Aaron Adams. Don't ask me how I know. Smell you later! As you part through that curtain that leads toward the left, you enter what looks like a dining and living space. 
There's a big, beautiful oak dining table with many, many chairs surrounding it. The walls here are also draped in lots of decorative art. Lots of artifacts as well. You see a couple of like decorative swords and that sort of thing. And then there is a seating area with large round couches uh, and a table in the center that seems to be made for people to converse. There is a door that goes to the right, and then in the northwest corner, so up and to the left, you see stairs that, the outside of the castle, there were three, like, turrets. There's a big center section, and then there's a smaller one to the left and a smaller one to the right. You see stairs, which you assume lead up to that left tower. As you come through here, please roll a perception check for me. 15. 12. Okay, everyone except Thomas. So, Tyronicus, Richard, and Monique, you all kind of turn around at the same time. She goes, huh? What was that? What was that? You hear, like, a metal clanging somewhere behind you, like, past the curtain. And then, as you turn, Thomas, you hear it more clearly because you're still facing forward. But you guys hear behind you, like, further into the room, you hear a... Turn back. Sorry, what was that? Turn back, you said? Turn bad? Back. Turn bat? Turn back now. Turn into a bat? Turn Are you a vampire? B-A-C-K. Turn back. Oh, back. Well, but everyone goes right. I feel like we should keep going left. All right. Get fucked. Oh, shit. Oh. Well, that wasn't very nice. No. I don't know if it was a warning or a suggestion or... Get fucked sounds like a threat. Either way, we need to be here. Onward. Okay. Onward, which way? Going up the stairs. You ascend the stairs to the left, presumably going up that left tower. Uh, And as you climb the large spiral staircase, eventually you emerge on a level that uh, seems to be an art studio or like a loft of sorts. There are lots of little sculptures here. You see little gargoyles uh, being chiseled out of stone into different shapes and poses. Hmm. Roll another perception check for me. Six. Fourteen. Okay. Oh, nothing happens. I see. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. hmm. so, <laughs> I'm going to roll an investigation. That is a 16. This really does just seem like an art studio. You see a number of different tools. You do find some precious metals. And what l- it looks like an, it's an alchemy station, but that has been kind of repurposed for probably the purpose of making weird sculptures and shit. So you see an area for like melting down precious metals and you see a couple of grams of like gold, silver, you see a couple of gems and they're all just kind of lying there unrefined. Then Thomas, you hear like shouting up the stairs. You do not desire the fate that awaits you. Is that, is that directed at us? Turn back now. Oh, I think they're talking to us. Pricks. What'd you call me? Pricks. What the hell? That was uncalled for. Who are you? Max, is that you? I'm the man who's fucking your mother. Whoa. That was just uncalled for. That's what I said. Who are you? No response. I'm just walking upstairs. (laughs) 
Yeah, you keep walking up and like there are a couple of levels here, but it seems like this whole tower is just dedicated to art. Up here you find lots more raw materials. You find wood, you find clay. You see one of those little like clay molding stations like with the pedals that you can spin. Wait, on that like on the the clay station, I'm going to take a little bit of time and I'm just going to Whatever he was like working on, I was like the thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna shape it into a dick. Now I'm like, nice. And then I'm gonna go upstairs. Beautiful. Okay. And then we keep going upstairs. Okay. And then on the final area, you find canvases. You find what look like a lot of finished paintings, and um, that's pretty much it. That's all you find up here. There was no one here. He was just talking shit from who knows where. <sighs> yeah, uh, the sound sounded like it was coming from the way you came, not the way you were going. Oh, oh what the hell? Like someone standing at, at the base of the stairs. Oh, damn. Hey. How nice do those paintings look? They look okay. Like, you can actually tell that someone has been painting for a really long time in here. And, like, you can see, like, the shittier ones. And then they slowly get nicer. There are a lot of paintings of, like, orcs in, like, suggestive positions. Hey. Come up here and face us, you coward. Why don't you get fucked? No! I'm going back downstairs. Back down we go. Come here. Uh, hello? Okay, uh, everyone roll perception checks for me again. 13. 18. Thomas, you arrive into this room and everything kind of seems the same. You hear some clattering, like, in the distance, as if it's coming from another room. But you notice that... There was something hung on one of the walls here. Like, you see an empty spot now. What was hung there? Roll a history check to see how good your memory is. Because there's a <laughs> lot of shit on these walls. Seven. You don't remember, but you point at one of the walls, and you see there's, like, a stand to, like, hang something on it, and you and you see, like, the empty spot. You're like, there was something here. You said clattering. Did it sound like a metal clattering? Was there a gargoyle there? I was gonna say, what <laughs> the fucking talking gargoyle? Are these gargoyles bros? Monique leans into you, Tyronicus, and goes, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, I'm getting a lot less nervous. <laughs> Me too. Can I walk up to a gargoyle? <laughs> I'm also having an uh, advantage against fright. Being you don't see any gargoyles in this room. Let's go through the door. The one you haven't gone through? Right. Yes. Okay. You open this door, and in here are a lot of statues. You see busts of people and a couple of different sculptures. Some are shittier, some are better, kind of like the ones that you saw up there. It, it feels like this is probably some of the best uh, selections here. You also notice there is a rug on the ground, you know, laid out under, giving it a little bit of decor. There are paintings on the walls. Roll a perception check for me. 12. 16. Okay. And then amongst the bus, the only thing that maybe strikes you as a little odd is in the corner of the room. Thomas, you actually find a bust that looks pretty much exactly like Tyronicus. Oh, no. Uh oh Not this again. In the northeast corner, you see a metal decorative suit of armor holding a sword. There's also a door to the right, so all the way on the eastern wall, there's another door. And then there is a door behind you on the southern wall that seems like it would probably lead upstairs to, like, probably that center tower. You know what? I'm kind of tired of playing games, and whatever is here seems to really like these statues. So I wonder what would happen if I just... and I'm just gonna tip one over. You hear a gasp. <laughs> I'm gonna take the sword. Continue. 
at your peril. As you go to grab the sword, the sword flies up into the air and points at you. As the suit of armor then moves into position, you see it is empty, but you see it is moving into like a karate fighting stance and the rug underneath your feet flies out, grabs that bust that was about to hit the ground, and places it back on the pedestal. Roll for initiative. <laughs> oh my god. Five. Fourteen. First up is Monique as she draws out her pen daggers instinctively and goes, what the fuck? And as the rug is grabbing that bust and putting it back up on the pedestal, she is going to slash at it twice. Okay, both of those hit, and she does eight points of damage to the rug as she goes and cuts off one of its tassels, and you hear, oh. Richard is going to go, well, assistants, this is where you learn how to kick some ass, and he is going to attempt an eldritch blast at the suit of armor. That does not hit. He blasts at the suit of armor, and you see it kind of makes an X with its two hands and dives his fingers into the Eldritch Blast and dispels the magic blast around him. And you see it scorch a little bit of that steel suit, but it seems to be a-okay. Next up is the rug. After having seen you knock that bust off, it is going to attempt to smother you, Tyronicus. Oh, God. Does a 12 hit? No. Oh, okay, so it tries to wrap around you, but you put your arms out in a T-pose and force it back open. <laughs> Next up is the suit of armor. Thomas, after you have tried to take the sword out of its hands, it is going to try and punch you. No. Oof. I'm going to assume a six does not hit. Does not. Does a 14 hit? I have a 14 armor class. Okay, so it does. It does four points of damage as you take a metal fist to the face right at the bridge of the nose. Wow. I told you to get fucked. Tyronicus, it is your turn. I'm gonna fashion my fingers like a gun and I'm gonna shoot firebolt at the rug. Ob uh, does 23 hit. It absolutely does, roll for damage. Nine. Okay, it takes nine points of damage. It has already been sliced a little bit by Monique and these firebolt, uh, it leaves a big scorch mark in the middle of the rug. She goes, ow, oh, oh, I'm just, ouch. Next up is the Flying Sword. After you have tried to grab it along with the suit, it is going to try to slash at you, Thomas. Oh boy. Does an 11 hit you? No. It slices at your head and you duck and you feel the metal brush against the top of your skull. Uh Thomas, it's your turn. I'm gonna try to persuade it to stop fighting the suit of armor. (laughs) Um, What was that laugh about? (laughs) Go for it. Okay. I'm going to cross my arms and say, you do not scare us. Please stop. 21. For persuasion? Yes. I'm going to say you have to roll this with disadvantage for reasons. It has a low wisdom, though. 18. (laughs) It rolls a 17. (laughs) It, it, It says, I mean, you're right. I don't want to fight you. That's why I told you to turn back. How about you just listen, listen. I'll cut you a deal. All right. Okay. You turn back, you leave, I tell the master that we scared you off, everyone's happy, okay? I've got shit to do. Uh, The rug goes, yeah, you know, I still am waiting on that pizza. And the flying sword goes, yeah, guys, I mean, really, like, do we really want to fight? Honestly, and while the sword is talking, it's like, 
it, the tip is like flying around, and so as it's looking different areas, it's like it's swinging like over your heads. And it goes. And honestly, guys, I mean, this isn't gonna end well for you because we haven't even brought Spork out. Who's Spork? Spork, come here, Spork. And uh, the suit like claps its hands together and uh, like does the little like come here motion. And he goes, come here, Spork. Sporky, come here. And you see the door behind you that leads up to the central tower. It like melts and oozes down into this big mouth with a long purple tongue and sharp teeth. And it seems there was like a fake door atop the real door. And it goes, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes up to the suit of armor and it starts licking its hands. Do you have a clock, candelabra, and teapot hiding around anywhere here? Well, once upon a time, but they've decided to pursue uh, different opportunities. Anyways, so, what do you say? You just turn around, you get the fuck out of here, and, uh, well... You know what? I'll even let you have some of the pizza that's coming. I have a counter offer. Yes. You show us to where your master is, because we need to talk to... To, to Max um, and if you do that we'll give you all the pizza you want oh no we have plenty of pizza uh, we, trust me we chill all the time we'll double it I mean we really don't want for anything it's a party over here we're having a great time okay you guide us to Max and we're not going to uh, murder you right now how about that you really think you could murder all of us how about you guide us to Max and our friends outside won't hold up your pizza man. Oh, wait, no, don't hold Timmy up. He's a kid, he's literally a kid. How sick are you people? We'll do it, I swear to God, we'll do it. Yeah, he's crazy. Roll an intimidation check for me. 18. Fuck. Damn it, maybe I've gotten soft, but I, I care for that little rascal. We do like pizza. Yeah, you know, he's a... Uh, He's a good boy. I, I mean, what? How much harm could really, right? I mean, maybe Master probably gets tired of just playing Jenga with us all the time. Maybe, maybe he'd like a little. How do you know, Max? Uh, this is the 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 rug talking. You're really aggressive, by the way. I got that from Max. You did? Oh, you know him? Maybe. Well, well how? Come on, chap! Don't hold out on us. How do you know Max? I don't know. Good old Maximilly. I really don't want to talk about that. Oh, I get it. Millie is short for Maximilian, of course. One of the busts explodes. Roll a dexterity saving throw for me. 12. Thomas, you, Richard, and Monique all take six points of piercing damage as shards of ceramic fly out. Tyronica, sorry, roll that as well. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, now it's 22. Tyronicus, the suit of armor, the sword, and the rug, and the mimic all duck out of the way as you hear the little bust shattering. And Richard and Monique go, ah, ooh, ow. Shit, you gotta stop saying that, man. Gotta stop saying ooh. that. That is my bad. My bad. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to get into it, but we really need to talk to him. Well, please. The suit goes, all right, uh, Guillermo, Winifred, let's talk in the kitchen real quick. Uh, Spork, keep an eye on them. Uh, si- seriously, I, like, we're just going to talk. Just stay here. Spork has a really mean bite. I don't think you want to deal with that. We'll be right back. Okay. Deal? Deal. Deal. 
Okay, and the suit kind of clunks its way into the kitchen, and then the sword and the rug uh, fly over the follow. So, Spork, what is your function? You're not really good for soup. You're not good for stabbing things. What's the point of you? You see it opens its big mouth and goes... And you see the big sharp teeth, and you get the feeling that it could uh, inflict a serious bite. And you also see... Roll a nature check for me. Four. Okay. I see. Oh, God. Well, this is a... Gotta admit, not quite the situation I thought we would find ourselves in. They seem pretty cool, though. Maybe Max is nice, too. Uh... Well, I I certainly hope so. (laughs) So, uh... uh, What's the game plan once we do get up there? Talk to him? Yes, this sounds like a good course of action. I'm glad you're my partner. We ask him what he knows about Hagatha, for sure. And definitely the LLC. What do you think Millie sounds like? Shit! Oh, fuck. What's your armor class, Thomas? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> you have to! Oh. Does a 15 hit? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> do you just have a list of things that happen when, let's <laughs> say, Millie? <laughs> he just rolls to see. If what not, happens. you should have one. <laughs> the Millie list. So you see Spork, the mimic, kind of spasms out as you say Millie. Like, Uh-oh. it bites into your calf, Thomas. <laughs> and you take uh, six points of piercing damage. Jeez. And you see its kind of flesh is very oozy and like melty. You get the feeling that you could get stuck in this like goo. And you take an additional five points of acid damage from its saliva. Jeez. And now you know what it can do. <laughs> right. We don't want to mess with that. I want to go look at that Tyronicus bust. Yeah, you go look at that Tyronicus bust. And uh, it's a pretty good bust of you. Underneath the bust, it has an inscription that reads, Barry. <laughs> Why do they have a bust of you, Tyronicus? That's a very good question, Thomas. And then you hear a clattering as the objects come back in. The armor kind of looks at you and, like, holds its, both its hands out, like, palms facing down and goes, <laughs> So you promise you'll be cool? Totally cool. Scout's on it. All right. You don't want to fuck with Spork? No. Definitely not. All right. He walks over and opens the door and goes... Well, he's just up there. I guess we'll uh, we'll chill down here and wait for uh, Timmy. All right. Sounds good. Here we go. Wait, what kind of pizzas did you order? Oh, you know, mushroom, pepperoni. Nice. Best kind. Yeah. Word. <laughs> All right, here we go. You head up the stairs, which glow with dim candlelight. You hear extravagant classical music playing as you walk up the steps. Eventually, you pop out on a level with high ceilings and a window across from you. The walls are lined with semicircular shelves, just filled to the brim with books and select art pieces upon the walls that seem to depict some saucy orcs in suggestive poses. There is a table with several chairs, a map, figurines, and what appear to be dice. A couple of piles of pizza boxes litter the room. Billy plays D&D. There is a yellow plush couch and settee, along with a canopied bed in the middle of the room. Behind the veil surrounding the bed, you can vaguely see the outline of some figure laying down. 
Ah, uh, hello. You get the feeling that he hasn't noticed you because he's within the veils of the bed. Wakey, wakey, hello. You say that? Yes. Okay, you say that and you see a man peels back the curtains. He's not quite a skeleton, but he has very tight, dry, desiccated skin. He's draped in beautiful orange and red satin robes that drape low down on his bony cleavage and a jewel crown. He sets a book that he was reading to the side and says, Fucking finally, I've been waiting for this pizza. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. And he looks at you and he goes, Barry? What? This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps and TJ Berry as Tyronicus. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Mount Absalom, a community, a heritage, a home. The green jewel in the majestic crown of Ohio. For 200 years, Mount Absalom has been a place to play. N32. Bingo! A place to learn. For in thy green and growing arms, we have everything we need. All right. Now let's get out our math homework. A place to work. Here at the Celery Bottling Works, we produce over 2,000 bottles of celery soda every day. A place to raise a family. It's a girl. It's a place of history. And here we have the barrel of whiskey that Confederate soldiers stole from Mount Absalom patriot Amelia Pleasance during Morgan's raid. And of course, a place of celery. 201st Celery Festival, I dub thee Open! Mount Absalom is the perfect place for making memories. For making memories. For making memories. For making memories. Make your memories with us. Make your memories here. Absalom.
Paid for by the Delta Quarter of Mount Absalom and Solaric Bottling Works. Refreshing Solaric Soda and Diet Solaric Soda. <sighs> Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic mystery. Learn more at unwellpodcast.com.